Well, what a great way to end off our month of May dedicated to Mary by hearing her, what's called a Magnificat. And uh, this is the most extended quotation of Mary in the Bible. So if you want to know what Mary's all about, if you want her to speak for herself, you go to the Magnificat. What do we see in today's reading is definitely this, this theme of joy and rejoicing. And there's rejoicing all around. I find this very, uh, very interesting. There's rejoicing all around on so many parts. Now, it's helpful to understand that Mary in the New Testament as a whole, it's kind of difficult to establish by just doing a proof, uh, you know, like it's one little quote from a, a verse here or there. But when you take into consideration the totality of what the scripture says, um, about Mary, we see that she is actually a, she functions in a symbolic fashion as well as obviously she represents herself. She's a real individual. You know, we all know her. She's our, our, our spiritual mother we know and love. But she also functions in scripture, in the context of scripture, in a symbolic fashion. She herself represents Israel. Okay, God, for ages upon ages, desired Israel to be this perfect, uh, as it were, bride for himself. Uh, and constantly being disappointed in Israel. Constantly being disappointed. Israel following this false god, uh, not trusting God in this particular issue of uh, whatever it might be, a war or whatever it might be. Um, you know, Israel, uh, the upper class, inflicting injustices upon the lower class. All these different things to make God, and as, as, as it were, disappointed uh, in Israel, but nonetheless, in his mind, when you see and you read the Old Testament prophets, there's always this kind of ideal Israel, and and God is going to bring it about so that that ideal Israel comes into existence. Now, when Mary shows up on the scene, we really see that she she fulfills that role. She's the ideal Israel. Uh, so we have in our first reading um, this exhortation to uh, to Israel to rejoice. And that's what Mary's doing in the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary now is responding to uh, the desire of God's heart to have an Israel that is perfectly holy, that is perfectly obedient, uh, that is, as it were, his bride, that he can really trust. He can come into communion with her. He can give himself to her uh, and trust himself, in it, as it were, to her and, and not be disappointed, not be let down. Mary is the one who never lets God down. She's always perfectly obedient, perfectly in alignment with his will. So in her, God's hopes for Israel, his desire, his longing for that perfect bride is fulfilled. And uh, and she rejoices. She rejoices in the Holy One of Israel who is in her midst. Quite literally, he's in her midst. He actually enters into her very womb. Okay, so that's the cause of her rejoicing. So we can see Mary... Uh, rejoicing uh, because the Holy One of Israel has, has entered into her midst. But then she herself becomes, as it were, the Ark of the Covenant. She carries God. She is the vehicle for the Holy One of Israel. And where she goes, God goes. Into whose midst she enters, God enters. So she enters into the midst of Elizabeth. And now Elizabeth is, as it were, playing the role of Israel because Elizabeth rejoices that Mary and God, through Mary, has visited her. 
You know, what, what did I do to deserve that the mother of my Lord would come and visit me? Uh, and uh, John the Baptist follows Q's Q as well, and he rejoices. He jumps, he leaps in his mother's womb. Um, so we see now that Mary is this vehicle so that where God, where she goes, God goes. Isn't that incredible? That God is, as it were, waiting upon the initiative of Mary. You know, he was waiting for her to say yes to his plan. Waiting for her to say yes. And as soon as she says yes, he becomes incarnate in her womb and, uh, and the world uh, is changed, is transformed, and salvation is made possible for all humanity. Waiting upon the word of a single woman, that's how special she is, that God would wait upon her word, that he would hang all of the salvation of the world upon her consent to his plan. How amazing that is. So he, he doesn't have to, but he does it, uh, as it were. He's kind of like a, uh, the greatest gentleman that you've ever seen. You know, he, he lets Mary go through the door first. He opens up the door, she goes, and then when she takes it, she goes, now he follows behind her. And uh, so this is how it is for us as believers. If we want the Holy One of Israel to come into our midst, we have to invite Mary into our midst. If we want to rejoice like Elizabeth and like John the Baptist uh, in God and in his plan for us and his love for us, uh, we, we, we ask Mary to come into our midst, okay? Because where she goes, God goes. That's how special she is. Um, so today, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice that God has given us such a, a wonderful mother and that she's such a, a sure uh, refuge for us. We can always have recourse to her. We can always go to her. And in going to her, uh, we go to God. And along with her, we rejoice in the Holy One of Israel who is in our midst.